Hello everyone, my name is Christopher, I use Zem and he, him pronouns, and welcome back to Outright News Magazine's podcast, Speak Out. It's just me today, because finals are terrible and Judah is rightfully busy, but we've still got a good show for you all. This week, we had the opportunity to interview Colby Minifee, the star of the heartfelt genderqueer body swap comedy, Homebody, released to theaters last month and now streaming exclusively on Fandor. Homebody follows a young boy named Johnny, played by Trey Ryder, as he discovers a YouTube video that teaches him how to send his spirit out of his body and into his beloved babysitter Melanie, played by Colby Minifee. He can see through her eyes and operate her from the inside out. Johnny, as Melanie, plays dress-up, buys obscene amounts of candy, and has awkward run-ins with his friends, clients, and partners. The pressures of pretending to be someone else can stack up fast. Homebody is the directorial feature debut for Joseph Sackett, who based the film on his own experiences with growing up genderqueer. He is one of Filmmaker Magazine's 25 new faces of independent film, whose shorts have screened in competition from slam dance to canes. Colby Minifee is an American actress who has appeared in theater, film, and television. You may know her as Ashley from the satirical superhero show The Boys, AMC's Fear the Walking Dead, the psychological horror thriller film I'm Thinking of Ending Things, or the crime thriller show Jessica Jones. She joins us over Zoom from New York to talk about her role as Melanie in Homebody. I'm also joined by one of our copy editors and writers, Emma Blakely, who uses they, she, or he pronouns. They are currently pursuing a double major in Communication and Microbiology, Immunology, and Molecular Genetics, or MIMG, and are passionate about writing, both at Outright and fiction and poetry on their own. They authored our review on Homebody, titled In the Mirror, which you can read on our website. I'll make sure to link it in the description of the YouTube video version of this episode, which you can find at youtube.com slash at Outright Newsmag. Stay after the interview for some exciting announcements coming from Outright for the rest of 2022 and the upcoming new year. But for now, please enjoy our talk with Colby Minifee. <laughs> uh, okay, Emma, do you want to go first? Yeah. Uh, so my question is... Um regarding one of the things that was in the press document about one of the ways that you sort of figured out how to act out the role of a young boy, which was to sort of imitate Trey's mannerisms after he'd gone home to uh, home for the day. And I was just wondering if you wanted to speak more on that process, like uh, what your specific yeah. thing was, was it fun? I mean, yeah, anytime I get to be a 10 year old or a 12 year old or any kind of like, <laughs> like fun, free loving kid, it's always fun. And you know, what's great about this movie is that it leads with a sense of play. Like the whole thing is playful um, in a way that's that's refreshing and freeing and um, uh, just nice <laughs> to be around. The pleasure of working with Trey, who's just such a great, he, A, he's just a great kid. Um, he's really curious. He's got a great attitude, but he's also um, a really good actor. What was great was work with about working with him was that we start. This was originally a, a short um, that we did three years ago, or three years, but not three years ago, three years before we made this movie called "I Was in Your Blood," and Joe Sackett, uh, the director of Homebody, wrote that short, directed that short, and just had me. It was just about a boy who was in love with his um, babysitter, as Joe was uh, when he was a kid, and as I was when I was, you know, I'm still friends actually with my middle school babysitter. Oh. Um, She's just really cool. And at the time I was like, wow, you know? <laughs> um, and uh, so I got to know him for 
a while uh, when we did that short. And then three years later, we come back and do the Joe had written it into this feature length script. And uh, we had the pleasure and the luxury of rehearsal, which never happens uh, or it very, very rarely happens in, in uh, filmmaking. You know, it's just such a nice thing. Uh, I haven't had a rehearsal in feels like years um, on the other projects that I've been doing. And so we got weeks to, I got weeks to just kind of observe um, Trey and just play, we got to play together and like um, draw together. And I would just be staring at him, trying not to be too creepy. And <laughs> what was great is that Joe hired this great uh, choreographer and director named Sam Pinkleton, who is, is he as a dancer, he's, able to kind of see how Trey is moving his body in a way. I, I was focused more on, on vocal stuff and like how he was talking or his mentality or his point of view throughout the day. And it was really helpful to have Sam there to be like, oh, he's leading with this part of his body or this is the, um, uh, yeah, this is the, the way his like spine is working. And then we would work on the movement stuff, which was really helpful. It's always helpful yeah. to have like, other pairs of eyes <laughs> on someone. Then at the end of the day, you're like, okay, it's spine day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's what we're working on. Um, so the director, Joe Sackett, that you mentioned, uh, said that you came into the role with a lot of your own opinions and thoughts and questions. Um, so in what ways did you end up molding Melanie, the babysitter character, uh, into who she became, who you played her as, compared to what they originally approached you with? Uh, I, I, well, I have to say that I think that Joe, uh, Joe was so specific about, um, her as a, it's interesting because I, I, he wrote it, which is a rare thing and thing, something I'm very grateful for. I believe he wrote it with me in mind because it was an expansion of what we had done in the, in the short film and so it feels it felt very much like my voice um uh in the in the writing of it um and if anything there was just more specificity about uh you know what her intentions are in her life what her goals are that a huge part of the movie is her uh delivering children and wanting to be a doula training to be a doula training to be a midwife um and uh there was a lot, I think I had just had a lot of questions about like what that journey was and what her desires were there. I'm trying to remember really what I, what impact I had on the script. I'm not sure that there was much, if anything, it's just me asking questions about uh, what's going on in their brains when the body swap does happen. Like, like if anything, I added some more freaking out on Melanie's side, like there is what the f I can't I don't know if I can cross on this podcast but what is going oh, on oh go ahead go ahead like, <laughs> what the fuck is happening <laughs> like how does that you know um this is a totally surreal sci-fi situation that's happening and all of a sudden uh Melanie's found herself in the middle middle of it on a very important day in her life and um or what turns out to be an important day she's not sure that the baby's coming at that time but the baby's coming at that time and so uh I'm, I'm trying to really try to remember like 
I guess I would only know how it changed if I were Joe. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, uh, you know, when you write something and then you present it to somebody whose job it is to like track the emotional arc of it. I think just talking through what Melanie's emotional arc might be could shift something in how Joe understood it or what, you know what I mean? I'm not sure. I don't really remember how it, <laughs> how it changed. I'm, sure, I'm sure it was massive and you just don't remember. Um, but massive. yeah, even yeah, even if you didn't change it, what you did bring to life was so like it was so perfect. I was so mm. nervous during the doula section. I was like, please don't. Yes. Oh my god! When he like, it's implied that he drops the juice on the ground, picks it up with a towel, and then squeezes it back into the glass. Oh my god! I was like, oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! And your panic of like, he's like, you know what? I don't want to listen to you anymore. Close consciousness, and you're like, oh, oh wait. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just yeah, yeah. so much like perfect perfect panic humor yeah yeah to put a kid in that situation is like like I remember like, I moment. didn't even know this is how it worked uh, yeah no exactly. one told me <laughs> yeah the, the birds and the bees talk is like you know doesn't need to happen anymore there's like a big <laughs> conversation being told yeah um that I remember that moment where like when like is it Priya? Is that her name? Um, uh, when the woman, the pregnant woman, sorry, forgive me for forgetting characters' names. Um, the pregnant woman has a mirror to see how far along she is. And Johnny is just like looking into the yeah. mirror, like, oh Whoa. my God, what <laughs> am I looking at? Like, I remember in middle school seeing that birth movie. Do you remember that? Do you, yeah. do you know what movie I'm talking about? And yeah. it was. Just, I wonder who that is. It's just a. I wonder who it is. I'm sure we could look that just up. <laughs> the true fame. Yeah. Middle school yeah. audience. But like how how crazy it is to see that as a kid, you're like, you know, you just start. It's existential. You start thinking about your mm -hmm. own history, your own life. What a miracle it is that you even exist here. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I had another question. Um, uh, I was wondering if playing a person, specifically a young boy, uh, discovering their femininity make you think about your own femininity and gender, uh, whatever your relationship with those might be in a different way. Did it make you maybe appreciate it more, recontextualize it for you? Yeah, I, I definitely. It's. Ex I mean, what I love about this movie is that there's an exploration of of gender without uh without so much um judgment you know um especially from the mother played by uh the legend maria dizia you know there is and melanie at the end of all of it has a has a much greater understanding of johnny after the whole journey is over you know um but for sure there was there's i mean we're all questioning ourselves and what what is living within us in this day and age. And I remember when I was in high school, I was like, oh God, it would just be so much easier if I was a dude because I was seeing how men were getting away with things. And I was like, wait, what? You don't have to have your period every, like what? <laughs> like, it's just easy. It's just, it seems to be easier, you know? Um, I'm, I, and then I also, I've said this uh, a couple times in, in interviews, but I, I 
really do. I mean, we're like when I went to the premiere of this movie, I didn't know what to wear. I was like, you know, it was out is I, I was I wanted to seem casual. And I wanted to see myself and I but I, you know, I had dresses as options and I had and then I realized I was like, how do I feel most comfortable and how do I feel most powerful walking into a room? And it's always in a suit. I just always feel better in a suit. And when we think about the gender construct of what a suit is, like, you know, like, like it's a more masculine thing, but, and why does it make me feel more powerful? And why does it, why am I most comfortable like that? And, you know, there's all these questions we're constantly asking ourselves when we get dressed in the morning. And uh, this, this movie is this, uh, this beautiful kind of microcosm of that, that much bigger question, which is what we all have every gender within us do you know what I mean and like and how we present it uh is up to us and to have um the the people around us not be judgmental is a wonderful thing and that's what this movie is like allowing a young boy to explore that you know yeah, quite literally without boundaries because there's nobody to stop him too. Yeah, exactly. Like even just, oh my gosh, his uh, discovering that Melanie is on her period mm-hmm. um, and him like oh. trying to have a conversation about it with another woman that he runs into on the street. Because yes. he's like, yes. fast. he's like, have you ever heard of a woman period? Yes. And she's like, are you on drugs potentially? <laughs> um, but yeah, I it's the, my favorite part in the movie and I forced Emma, well, I'm sure they want to talk about it too, to put it in their review, um, was just the lipstick, very simple lipstick yes, metaphor that yeah. we had. That's like, my favorite part of the movie too. Yeah, him hiding it at the beginning because he's nervous yeah. and then having this experience in, in your body. Uh, and at the end, he's like proudly putting it on and his mom's like, it looks cute on you. And I was like, oh my God, I wish yeah. like that's how everyone was allowed to explore this. Right. But the, even the moment of not hiding it, mm. he, in the beginning of the movie, he's washing it off and like, like, I don't want to, you know, um, and at the end of the movie, he's like, no, this is, this is how this makes me feel. And I like it. I like how it makes me feel. And I'm, I'm okay to show it to my mom. And the mom then also, uh, uh like just being like, wow, you look beautiful, you know? Mm-hmm um and not not shaming him in any way it's really uh that's my favorite moment yeah really <laughs> beautiful moment like, oh, God, it's a spoiler that I was like oh no this is not I was talking about it the most important movie. visual metaphor that you need to see for yourself um <laughs> yeah and we're running out of time here so I just wanted to ask you one more question that's like a fun question because yes. of course uh if you could inhabit one person's body for a day who would it be and what would you do Oh my goddess, what <laughs> would it? This who, will follow you forever. Uh, <laughs> Make a good decision. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jesus Christ. I think it would, I mean, um, this is going to sound super like, yeah, of course she said that. But like, I'm actually just really curious about what it would be like to live as a black woman in this society. You know, we will just never, I'll, as a white person, I will just never fucking know. And uh, I mean, one day won't teach me, right? But 
just someone with a job that, you know, and the that's a minimum wage job. I would just like to have that insight. Um, Perspective, yeah. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, if that I if I had to if I if we lived in a in a world where that was possible, I think that would be my first choice. <laughs> Which is super, like you think about it, it's like, oh God, what an answer. But it is, it would be my first choice. <laughs> yeah, I guess the whole point of the movie is about gaining a new perspective that you didn't have yeah. before. So it's a good, good little bookend to our conversation. Um, looks like we're out of time. I wanted to thank you again so much for agreeing to meet with us. We're this little microscopic little <laughs> mosquito on the world of, of uh, well, what's a positive? Tiny thing, ladybug. Your blood from you, no. Uh yeah, but yeah, we're a tiny little ladybug in the world of journalism, and I really appreciate you coming on here and letting us put you on our podcast. And we'll probably do a little write-up about this too. And yeah, I appreciate you. you both um watching the movie and covering the movie because it's there's so many things that get made and they're very, you know, for something to be watched and loved is uh, a, a nice feeling after a lot of hard work. So it, it's very nice that you watched it and are covering it. So thank you. Yeah. Fantastic work. Keep, keep on to continue to be amazing. Thank um, you. <laughs> and yeah, uh, you we'll see you in your next project, I guess. Thank you. Thank so you very much. I hope so. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye. I want to extend an extra thank you to Colby Minifee for speaking with us and to Cinedime for giving us early access to the film so we could write a review and thoroughly enjoy ourselves. As I said, you can watch the film on Fandor.com. It's a cute sub 90 minute movie with some great queer themes and wonderful performances, especially from Colby and Trey. Now for some announcements. We released our fall 2022 print issue Satanic Panic a couple weeks ago and it has been an absolute hit. Thank you to everyone who has picked up a copy from the newsstands on campus or the LGBTQ Campus Resource Center. Extra thanks to the club's transgender UCLA pride, Kabbalacat Core, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, Queer Hacks, Bruin Film Society, the Gender and Sexuality Living and Learning Community, and more for distributing copies to your club members. Another very cool thing is that we're expanding to the greater Los Angeles area outside of campus. You can now get a copy of our print at Junior High LA when they're open on weekends from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. And prints will soon be available at Detroit Vasey's newest location and salon vendors in Los Angeles. But most importantly, Cuties Los Angeles has invited us to table at Reading at Sunset, their queer poetry night this weekend. You can join us on Sunday, December 11th from 3 to 5.30 p.m. at the Plant Chica to get a print, buy some cute merch from stickers to buttons to tote bags, and support your local queer community and its talented artists. You can buy tickets on their Instagram, at CutiesLA. The link is also in our link tree on our Instagram, at OutrightNewsMag. If you'd like to share our prints at your location or at your next club meeting, please get in contact with us. We'd love to work with you and foster relationships with queer folks all over the area. Next up, student media application season is coming around the corner. Outright will be opening applications for new staff on Monday, January 2nd, but keep in mind that we'll be accepting people at a limited capacity due to our current size. 
know that we appreciate everyone's interest, and even if you don't get to work with us directly, we do accept guest articles and graphics. The Google Form link is also found in our aforementioned link tree. Third, we will be active over the winter break, although not on the podcast. Expect an article per week for our glorious four weeks of quarter system break, as well as recaps of our staff's favorite books, films, TV shows, and music released this year in our Best of 2022 series, the first of which should be coming out on Sunday the 11th. And lastly, Speak Out will be moving time slots. We will no longer be having our show on Fridays at 8 p.m. Although we don't yet have confirmation from UCLA Radio about our time for winter quarter, but don't worry, we're coming back. If you have suggestions for episodes next quarter, such as people we should interview, topics we should cover, or questions we can answer, feel free to submit to our podcast form in our link tree. It's also available at tinyurl.com slash submit to speak out. That's tinyurl.com slash submit to speak out. You can follow Outright on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook at Outright News Mag, and check out our online articles at outrightnewsmag.org. That's right, spelled W-R-I-T-E. Happy holidays and have a very happy new year from all the people at Outright. I have been Christopher, and this has been Speak Out. We'll see you next year. <laughs>